What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Now, the Dolphins and the entire NFL's offseason workout program schedule has come to an end. Uh, the players are off, the coaches are off until training camp starts in late July. Uh, but we're still busy on the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. We're taking a trip around the AFC East looking at the Dolphins division rivals, how they stack up and what to expect as the Dolphins get ready to face all three of those teams, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Bills two times uh, over the course of the 2023 NFL season. We're going to start with the New York Jets, who made the biggest move of the offseason, maybe the biggest offseason move of the past several years. Um, they're they're relevant. They're interesting. And we got to talk about them and how they stack up. And to do that, uh, I've got my man, Antoine Staley, NFL and Jets reporter for the New York Daily News. And there might be a familiar name. He's been he's been in South Florida for some time uh, before covering the Dolphins. Antoine, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's good to be with you, man. Talking football once again. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Again, we still got one month until training camp starts. Um, but we got to take a look at the Dolphins division rivals. And again, um, the Jets making the biggest move of the offseason trading for future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. There was a lot of weeks and months of speculation. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be out of Green Bay? Where is he going to go? Uh, they finally got the deal done, bringing him to the Big Apple. Um, and as you can expect, everyone, all the eyes and all the attention has been on New York. They got five time prime, five primetime games. They got the first ever Black Friday game. They're going to be hosting the Dolphins the day after Thanksgiving. Um, so you're gonna be busy. You're gonna be up late <laughs> a lot of times. But yeah. hey, I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't ask for anything uh, more than that. So you just finished. Uh, I, I believe the uh, the Jets wrapped up OTAs and their offseason workout program last week. Um, yes. So you got your first in close up close look in Aaron Rodgers and how he fits with this team. Um, what overall have been your early impressions on Aaron Rodgers and how he fits with this team? Well, I mean, I think he's just really changing everything that they do. I mean, we're talking about an organization that hasn't necessarily been used to winning recently. And then you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's used to doing a lot of things, uh, winning at a high level, although, I mean, he's only won one Super Bowl, but still having a lot of success, whether it be, you know, during the regular season and some postseason. But so he's come in, really changed the culture of this franchise. He's really come in, held players accountable. Uh, just, you know, whether it be in the, you know, the, the meeting, individual meetings, he's also in offensive line meetings, running back room meetings, wide receiver meetings, and making sure the players know the offense because this is a new offense under the Daniel Hackett, which is also, you know, I know a lot of people hadn't really talked about that, but that'll be something that I think uh, just eyes will be kind of glued in as well, how the Jets kind of, you know, take to Hackett's new offense. And, you know, having a guy like Aaron Rodgers and all with Alan Lazar, who's also come in, uh, Randall Cobb, which is a little bit lesser, but, you know, those guys already know the offense so they can help, you know, help the players kind of gravitate and, you know, be able to learn the offense a little bit on the fly you know, as we head into training camp. But, yeah, he's really held players accountable, and I think that's a big thing, just having a quarterback like that because that's not something that the Jets have been used to. they used to Zach Wilson the last couple of years, which has been a young guy trying to, you know, learn the quarterback position and what it takes to try to win at the NFL level. And you, know, you talked about the craziness of just the Jets. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, what this practice is last year when I first came in covering the beat. It might have been like seven or eight of us, you know, just on the beat, you know, regularly. And now yeah. it's like Everyone, a circus. Over there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a circus. Like you, every day you got somebody new coming in, whether it be national or locally. 
Yeah, you mentioned you know the accountability. You always really like quickly just assume that role of being a leader. Personality wise, what's it been like? Because I think you know Aaron Rodgers is a uh, maybe he's an I don't know if it's an acquired taste. He's he just he's just a different personality. He's a different um, cat. Yeah, yeah like, like, what, what is he like kind of in the interactions with the media so far? Maybe even what you've seen in the way he interacts with uh, some, some of his teammates and coaches so far. I mean, I think the way he – to talk about the teammates first, I think he's – even out there on the field, they're joking and laughing, having a good time. I think the players really like him. I know he's been making his rounds around the New York uh, scene, yeah. whether it be – you know, he was at the Knicks game, uh, New York Rangers, uh, Taylor Swift concert, dancing it up, doing his little thing. And I know Sauce uh, had a funny story about him, about those two uh, meeting, about him meeting Jessica Alba for the first time. And yeah, he yeah. didn't necessarily know who he was because, you know, he, you got to be a certain age to kind of, you know, at least past, past 30 to know who Jessica Alba I mean, is. Hold up, hold up. I knew who, I, I'm aware of Jessica Alba. I'm 25. Sauce is like 22, 23. Like, yeah, I'm not, but yeah, I'm he, yeah, he I'm like 22, though. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to fault him for knowing <laughs> that because Jessica was like, Popping like early two thousand, so yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault him for that, like you know, so yeah, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's just him getting to know the scene a little bit, and as far as the media, uh, he's talked to us. I think he's been, you know, really good. I mean, he just he's joking around, talked about Jersey Shore a little bit, and uh, just some of the things that he's done, but also talking about, you know, he's happy to be here. I think he's, I think the fact that this feels like a brand new change for him, and Abdul. You know he's been he was with Green Bay for so long and it's kind of he's trying to get used to wearing Jets green, but he's welcoming the change. Like he's smiling and having a good time doing practice there, and you know that you can really tell and it's really infectious. And I think his you know happiness is reflected on all the players. Obviously OTAs is going to be different than training camp and then the regular season. So we'll see how long those smiles last. But right now everybody's kind of uh, in a really good mood and yeah. I think he's kind of spearheaded in that. It's kind of the honeymoon phase right now. Everything's exactly. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. No, no. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. You know, going from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers is, you know, it. It doesn't need to be said. Like we know what the upgrade is. Yeah, we know. But, but when you see, <laughs> but when you see him on the field, like what st- sticks out to you? Because there's a lot of people that are saying, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is washed. Maybe he's not the same guy." But like, what really stood out to you in the you know several practices that you were able to watch? Well, I mean, at first he really didn't practice uh, during yeah during OTA simply because you know the calf injury kind of limited him yeah. there. But even then, like when he was just practicing doing stuff on the side, like the man was throwing like sixty yard bombs, just you know, just flicking the wrist like easily. And then also was kind of I've noticed that kind of stood out to me was also just him talking like being a coach too out there on the field, whether he was practicing or not. You know, he was looking at the players, talking to Zach Wilson, trying to help him. And, you know, whether, you know, you, whether you want to you know, believe it or not, like Zach Wilson, at least during OTAs, yeah. he started to look a little bit, you know, comfortable, a little bit better. That may not mean anything in the long, grand scheme of things, but, you know, just the fact that Zach Wilson struggled his first two years and then you now you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers coming in that can at least help him. Just, to, you know, you never know what might happen as far as injuries. I think that really stood out to me that, you know, him helping out Zach and also Garrett, you know, his relationship there has been really good too between those two, whether it be on the field or, or off the field. Cause I think, you know, when they, when they were practicing together and then just kind of doing things, I definitely think, you know, if his chats at the line, you can definitely see, you know, his uh, communication with the offense there uh, offensively is really uh, huge. Something that we did not see, you know, with Zach Wilson, really his first two years in the league. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned Zach Wilson, you know, just the dynamic. It's a very weird – I mean, honestly, to me on the outside, it's kind of a weird dynamic because he had his struggles his first two years. Um, it was very clear that they were looking for an upgrade once the season ended. He he goes, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make life hell for the for whoever they bring in. It's like, <laughs> they bring Aaron Rodgers, like, hold on. <laughs> exactly. Well, we knew, we knew they were going to bring some type of veteran. That's why we were like, oh, like, what? Like, okay. <laughs> but, but, what, but what has that, like, dynamic been like? And I guess – from the Jets' perspective, like what, like where is like what is their plan for Zach Wilson? Because I think the hope is probably that Aaron Rodgers is here for two years. You know, obviously you never know what might happen after one year, um, but you know I think they hope that this is like kind of like a multi-year thing. But like, where does that leave Zach Wilson right now? Because I mean, he, is he like the clear number two, or how does that go on? Right now, yeah. I mean, I'll answer the second question first. The last part, yeah. I think the plan is for them to just you know try to win as many games as possible. Because what if the bottom line is, and you know, I'm gonna talk about this later on, but if the Jets don't win enough games this year, mm-hmm. a lot of people go lose jobs. That's so that's true. the reason yeah. that's the reason you got Aaron, that's the reason you go pick up Aaron Rodgers. Cause you know, Joe Douglas, you know, he misfired on Aaron. I mean, Zach Wilson, you know, it hadn't worked out there. They need a veteran quarterback there to try to spearhead things. And, you know, they hadn't made the playoffs since twenty ten. They have the longest streak in professional sports out of the four major sports right now. You know, you know the Johnson like Woody Johnson does. The Johnson family in general does not want to see that at all. Like they want the streak to end immediately. So the fact that they ended up they were seven and four heading into December last year, they ended up losing six straight to end the year. Had a chance to make the playoffs, they didn't. And you, they had to sit there and watch the Dolphins make the playoffs. And that that was. And we tried to talk to the Johnson family after that. We tried to talk to Woody. He, had, he wanted nothing to do with it. He did eventually talk to us, but yeah. you had to think he was not very happy with, one, the Jets missing the playoffs the way that they did, and two, having to watch the Dolphins, you know, make the playoffs, especially when he one of his homes is in Palm Palm Beach. Yeah. So I say that all I, I say that all to say this. Like, you know, they, they don't care. You know, they want they would like Zach Wilson to be the guy, you know, long-term after Aaron Rodgers retires, but they're not really thinking about that right now. Yeah. They're thinking about just making the playoffs in 2023, and trying to make a run in the Super Bowl, maybe in 2024, and then after that, you know, we'll see. Because that if if they don't make the playoffs this year, or you know, the season doesn't go well if they want to, none of this is going to matter anyway. Because yeah. it's going to be wholesale changes regardless. But Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers' relationship, I mean, it kind of goes back to training camp two years ago when the guy when both of those were both of those guys met up for the first time, and Zach Wilson was you know Aaron Rodgers was Zach Wilson's idol going up. He yeah. wanted to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, that was his favorite quarterback, his favorite player going up in Utah. And the two met, exchanged phone numbers and kept in co- close contact, you know, throughout uh, the past couple of years. It's just funny that, you know, this year, you know, they end up going to get Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, so, and once that happened, then Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers kind of started hanging out in California together. So because they knew the dynamic they knew was going to happen. And that from there, the relationship has only grown to the point to where it is now, whereas I think Zach is has been humbled a little bit, uh, especially after the situation last year where he didn't take any accountability, especially after the after he got benched in the Patriots game where he only threw for 78 yards and, you know, no touchdowns and was terrible in a 10-3 loss to the New England, a game they should have won. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really good relationship, and it seems like Zach has, you know, really grown in, within the last six months. We'll see, you know, how it all transpired because he, he may be asked to play and start once again, but – uh, right now, it seems like, you know, having Aaron Rodgers has been a positive thing for him. Got you. One last question before we get to a break. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, how, like, 
if they don't make the playoffs, you know, a lot of people like, I mean, Robert Sala could potentially, you know, other people's jobs could be at risk. Um, do you get that like sense of urgency in the messaging? Like, are they like outright saying like, we, we have to compete for playoff championships or are they kind of more measured in their tone? I, I don't think necessarily um, in, in, on the surface they are, but we know that, you know, kind of what's been going on in the, you know, behind the scenes. And that's the way you make all these moves. Because yeah. otherwise, like, you could go out and they could draft a quarterback again. They could have maybe tried to go out and, you know, see what Lamar, the market for Lamar Jackson was. But they didn't want to do any of that. They wanted to first know get, get Nathaniel Hackett. So he would be a bridge to try to bring Aaron Rodgers in. So once they brought in Hackett, then you kind of knew that that's the direction they were going to go in. And, you know, they also could have went out and tried to get Derek Carr. Derek Carr clearly wanted to sign with the Jets. But – you know, they wanted Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was their first choice. So that's the reason you wanted to swing bid because you knew this was a critical offseason for everybody within that organization, especially considering, again, you missed on Zach Wilson and you need to try to rectify that somehow. And what way to rectify that is bringing in a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen if, you know, they're going to be good, but the NFL – Definitely yeah, I yeah, I ain't making no predictions. <laughs> like a lot of people, some people say Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think playoffs. I think playoffs yeah. is a good goal for this team, and then and we'll see because you know you got quality quarterbacks, really. Uh, yeah. But you having a guy like Aaron Rodgers, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, after the break, gives you a fighting chance in the AFC with two with obviously Mahomes and Burrow, and you know even Tua, who's played really well. But you know we know about the injuries and everything. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, again, the five primetime games, I mean, right off the gate, I mean, their schedule is kind of not only the, the I know, man, games, but like just the way it's like they I mean, they start with the Bills hosting the Bills September 11th, Monday, Monday night, but Monday night football. And then you go to the Cowboys like it's just back to back to back. Like that's a tough schedule. Again, right we, we don't know if they're going to be good, but the NFL like they're going to be interesting. Like it's going to it's going to go. It's gonna go one way or the other. We'll so, see. We'll see. It's gonna be really good, or it's gonna be really. It's gonna be a crash and burn. It's gonna be really good or really bad. Like that's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> hey, it's only other, only two ways to go, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into a lot of that. Uh, how they shake up in the AFC East, as well as with the Dolphins. Um, but first, we're gonna take a short break. But again, when we come back on the side of things, um, who do we expect to be better in 2023, the Dolphins or the Jets? Stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins Bet podcast as we take our trip around the AFC East. This week, uh, we're taking a look at the New York Jets. I'm joined by Antoine Staley, NFL, and just reporter for New York Daily News. Uh, now, in the first half, we talked about the arrival of Aaron Rodgers, uh, what Antoine has seen so far. But now we're going to go big picture. Um, Dolphins, Jets, uh, they both have reason to think that they can supplant the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East as the top dogs. The Bills have won uh the division for the past three years. Um, but maybe there's some dissension or something going on, something weird going on in Buffalo. You know, you got the Stefan Diggs situation. Um, you got Leslie Frazier um, stepping down, taking a sabbatical. He's no longer there as DC. Sean McDermott is going to uh, be calling the plays there. Um, but again, both the Dolphins and the Jets have made big moves. The Jets getting Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins adding Jalen Ramsey to an already talented roster. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out because I think that me personally, I feel like from my outsider's perspective, and again, not even somebody that's not a Dolphins fan, just a beat reporter, it's not from the area and not from New York. It feels like as soon as they, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, you kind of you kind of saw that New York bias. And in this street, there's a little bit of New York yes. bias where yes. you know, maybe they get a little juiced up or gassed up, maybe a little bit more than they should have. So like I feel like I think like the week or two after uh the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, like the Jets were like the most bet team to win the Super Bowl. And I think that they had like the second best odds or something like that, either in the division or the conference win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, part part of me is like, all right, I see this as a, like you said, a team that was seven and four at one point, um, with probably probably the worst quarterback play in the AFC between Zach Wilson, um, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. Like they probably had the yeah, worst AFC. By far to be. Like yeah, by yeah. far. Okay. Like even, even if they had if they had Matt Jones, even the way he as Dallas he was last year. They had an average quarterback play. They, they, they probably would have made, made the playoffs. playoffs. Exactly. They would have made the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> That's all this team needed. Like exactly. they, they had below average, like way below average. Yeah. And then so, Mike White got hurt too. So that also yeah, factors yeah. in. Yeah, so so I see a team that was seven and ten, and you add Aaron Rodgers to I mean, this is a like outside of the quarterback position, like that was actually a very good roster, but a roster um with ascending talent, but talent that you know was sometimes injured. You know, you had Brees Hall go down with the ACL, and I think that really hurt what they were able to do. Yeah, uh, taking pressure off the quarterback. Um, you had other other guys kind of go uh go down with injuries. Um when I see it as a talented roster, like like they're gonna be a hard out, no doubt. But I almost thinking like, are we kind of are we, are we maybe gassing them a little too much? Because you look at you know when you get the veteran, you know the kind of aging but still star quarterback that kind of the tail end of his career. Like we've seen it go both ways. Like we've seen Peyton Manning come and do some great things with the Denver Broncos and kind of fall off with injuries and just you know just kind of losing it physically. Um, but we've also seen Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers and you get a veteran group, you get a motivated quarterback. Like Tom Brady was like on a mission. Like when he left, you know, when yeah. he was like, I'm I'm here to prove that nah, it wasn't just Bill Belichick in that system. Um, so you had kind of like the the perfect storm. But then we even saw last year with uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver. And it's like you just didn't, you know, he, he was with Nathaniel Hackett and you just didn't have the right mix. And, you know, things just kind of fell apart. That's why I say it. it can go both ways. Like, I think that this is a team that has the talent to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know about contender because, like, I mean, there's only, like, two teams who I think are, like, legit contenders. Like, it's the Chiefs. Yes. And then everyone's chasing them. Like, obviously, the Bengals and yes. the Knicks, they've been there. Um, but the, the talent level is just so high, and they've seen the quarterback play is so high. I don't, think, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed. Do I think that we're going to see, like, MVP vintage Aaron Rodgers? I don't know because he's only two years removed or a year removed. Yeah. Anyway. But um, I'm not ready to say like they're Super Bowl contenders, you know. Like as you kind of look at the roster, um, like what do you, what are your kind of thoughts on the roster? Like, what were the other kind of developments from um, OTAs and the offseason workout? Because I know I read, you know, Brees Hall is expected to be ready for Week One. Yes, like, is he going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year caliber form that we saw last year? Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts on the roster outside of Aaron Rodgers right now? Well, I, I'll talk about Brees Hall first, and then. Yeah, I mean, it's hard coming off an ACL injury. Like, how, how many examples have we seen of running backs coming off ACL injuries and then they have – it takes some while for them to come back. So when they like a year. Like, you have to, like – Yeah, look at Saquon. Back perform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. look at Saquon. Saquon came off ACL injury and then, you know, 2021, not nearly the same player that he was. And then it only took him a year later 
And then he became that same player that we kind of accustomed to see him. So I don't know. Like, and then we're talking about a guy, Brees Hall, like this has been a, it's less than a year removed. Like since he suffered the ACL, he suffered late October last year. So like you said, that really hit, that really hurt their season. Once he went down, they only won two games after that. So that between him and I think AVT and Elijah Vera Tucker, like those were the two best players of their offense. Wow. No disrespect to Garrett or anything like that, but Elijah Vera Tucker was, he started every position, like <laughs> just about, like he started at guard, you know, right guard. He started at right tackle and then left tackle, like on in the same season, mind you, like this is rare for offensive linemen in any NFL. Like I've seen it in college a little bit. Like we both cover college football. I've seen it in college, but mm-hmm. NFL, like especially early in the season like that, very rare. But, you know, I, I'm not ready to say they're Super Bowl contenders either. I still think the offensive line is a big issue there. Dwayne Brown, you know, he can't, he's coming off a shoulder surgery. Uh, he sustained, like really, he played on last year with one shoulder. Like basically the whole, played 12 games with it. I don't know how he did it, but somehow he figured out a way to do that. And then, you know, once the once the Jets were officially eliminated from the playoffs, they shut him down because he, they knew he was going to need surgery. And at that point, you know, against the Dolphins, it was no point of him playing at you know another game. You know, at that point, so I think left tackle is still an issue. Although I think Dwayne Brown will probably be the left tackle. Right tackle, we'll see. Makai Becton is coming back into the fold of things. There, uh, we're talking about somebody that has not played, you know, really one game in two years. So he wants to be the left tackle. I don't know if the Jets necessarily feel comfortable, you know, saying he's going to be left tackle. He needs to really earn it out there on training camp. But offensive line, if they can protect Aaron Rodgers, then I will feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, with them possibly being contenders outside of, you know, obviously Cincinnati and KC. But, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not convinced there either. Although, like, their defense is elite. Defense was really good last year. Yeah. You know, Quentin, you know, we'll see what happens with Quentin Williams. He's looking to get paid, too. He's not happy. All these defensive tackles outside of Christian Wilkins are getting paid. But he's not one of those. And, you know, he, he wants to bet. He wants to bag. So we'll see if he shows up for training camp. I imagine he will. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get anything done. But, you know, they want to keep him. And they're going to find a way to keep him. But, you know, they finished fourth in defense last year. I don't know if they're going to necessarily do that once again, considering – the schedule that they have coming up and the amount of quarterbacks that they play, but if they, they can might, finish, but they might not need to. They might not need exactly. to. Exactly, the offense does what it needs to do. I, That's I, what I was gonna do. say. Like yeah. they might finish like seventh or eighth, but you know, if you do that, then that still gives you a great chance to be successful in the playoffs um, come January. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the things about the defense that you mentioned that, like, uh, I was talking with some friends about like whether the the Jets defense will be able to kind of like maintain that standard because you, you look at defense and from year to year. Um, you tend to see a lot of volatility, especially because like a lot of defense success is predicated on like turnovers. Like if you get a lot of takeaways, yeah. you're in a good spot. But the thing that stood out to me, like I was looking at some different metrics and graphs, and it's like the the Jets defense wasn't overly reliant on turnovers. Like they were just like, they were just good, solid. I mean, they were just like solid across yes. the board. Um, so again, I mean, you don't you don't need to be top five if Aaron Rodgers is like he, maybe doesn't need to be MVP Aaron Rodgers, but if he's like above i mean like i don't even want to say above average starting calorie because i feel like that'd be kind of like a disappointment if you're just an above average but like if you get good quarterback play from them uh from him and then you kind of keep you know stay healthy and Brees halls like getting back to form you know you, you can be a top 10 top 12 unit and still be good yes um, i was gonna say it's, it's interesting because the, the talent is there when you look at the dolphins and the jets you know they, they split the season series 
um, last year. Um, obviously, the the Dolphins winning in the season finale to get to the playoffs. Um, but you know they they didn't have two for either game because of the injuries. Um, and, and you saw like both. I mean, that, that last game was kind of a oh god. That was yeah. yeah that was. <laughs> That was an oh eye We're not gonna we're not gonna get uh, to that. We ain't gonna talk about yeah, that. I'm gonna yeah, forget but, that. But overall, they were you know competitive competitive matchups. Um, Skylar Thompson, you know, having to go in for Teddy Bridgewater after one play. That was yeah. a pretty close game up until the end, where it kind of the got fourth away. quarter. Yeah, until it yeah. kind of got away from the Dolphins. Um, I personally feel like when I look at the two rosters, I think that, and this might be maybe the Miami bias coming on my side. But I, I genuinely feel like the Dolphins roster as it currently stands is like one one of the best. Like I wouldn't argue that it's like a top five. Um and yeah. I don't I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily saying that the Dolphins are gonna be better or as good as the Chiefs in 2023. I am very bullish on them, but I would say like I think that out of all the teams in the AFC, the Dolphins might have the roster that's able to match up the best with the Chiefs. Just because of what they're able to do on offense and defense, the speed, you know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and then on defense, having like legitimate corners on the outside, like shut down right. the outside and Ramsey and Howard. And then you got, you know, a duo up front with Chubb um and Jalen Phillips who can get out. Yes. And then you and then obviously there's a lot more guys in the picture. Um, but in terms of like actual like talent, like like I feel crazy saying it sometimes, but I, I generally feel like the Dolphins might be like the most talented roster in the AFC. Like just just on paper. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, I think you know number one is two and it's health. And I think that at this point, with like kind of the debate, the discourse, um, you either feel one way about it, but either way, your kind of opinion on two and his health is baked into it. Like there's a lot of people that say, um, you know, if they're kind of more on the bullish side of the Dolphins, they say, oh well, you know, you know, he's taking the steps to avoid the concussions, the head injuries. And, you know, who knows, you know, he, he's produced like he's when he's been on the field, he produced last year. Yes. But then there's, you know, the other side where they're just kind of assuming that, you know, the injury is not a matter of if, but when, um, when you look at the Dolphins roster, um, what sticks out to you? Um, and, you know, where do you think they shape up in the AFC? Because, again, I think that talent wise, you can honestly make the argument that they match up with any team in the AFC just off talent. But we know the yeah. game is played on paper. I think they're the scariest team, like roster wise, at AFC, like legitimately. And th- getting Vic Fangio, like, yeah. was huge. Like, I mean, that, that might, absolutely that, that huge. might have been that might have like, been just as big as getting Ramsey, honestly. Exactly. I, I think it was probably even bigger because you're getting the guy that's like been in multiple systems, had a ton of success. Look at what he did at Denver. Like Denver's offense was not good whatsoever. And but their defense was legit. Like I mean, and you he didn't, had get, he didn't really get fired because of the defense. You know, he got exactly. so fired because he couldn't figure out quarterback in the offense. Exactly, and the offense was the offense stunk. That's basically what it boiled down to. But yeah, he comes in, he just worries about the defense, not trying to be a head coach. You got Mike McDaniel, who's been a wizard, you know, offensively, and what he does, and then obviously, you know, the talent that you got there, and really, like you said, really, it's just about Tua. Can Tua stay healthy? And then running the football. Like, I know a lot of people with speculation with, you know, Dalvin Cook. They get Dalvin Cook, Dan. I'm like, yeah. They, they, <laughs> like, they might be ready. To, are you, you are know, you pro? Like, in terms, well, real quick, in terms of Dalvin, like, it's a, it's been an interesting kind of debate in South Florida because it's clear that, you know, he hasn't signed with the teams in the, like, roughly two weeks since he's been released. Yeah. It's clear that he wants money that's closer to what he was about to get with the Vikings before his release. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I feel like that's the only that's the only thing about it. Like, I mean, there's mutual yeah. guys, 
but are you willing to go, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars or seven million dollars to sign Dalvin Cook, knowing what they already have and maybe the role that he, you know, maybe having to share the backfield? Like what what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I it's not clean cut. Like I don't I don't think that they need Dalvin Cook to to like be like Super Bowl contenders. Like I think they're already in that kind of that kind of circle, that bubble. Um, it would help, but I don't think that they need him, especially when I'm kind of looking long term. Like I'm thinking, yeah, you got to pay a lot of guys. Like if I'm Dalvin Cook, I don't even like I don't think Dalvin Cook wants a one year deal. I'm I'm not reporting. I'm just probably not exactly. And you know, you you're thinking about you got to pay Christian Wilkins, you got to play maybe yeah. two in a year. You got other guys that are coming up for contracts. I, I'm wondering if like kind of going past what you would usually pay in this situation is that worth it, or do you just kind of say you know? We gotta maximize this window right now and do everything we can to win. Like, what are your thoughts? I, I I'm kind of both ways. I'm kind of like 50-50. Like getting him is kind of like you know a cherry on top of an ice cream or yeah, an ice cream sundae. That's how. I, yeah, I that's, think that's literally what know, I said last week. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's already great. Like it's already good as it is, but you just get that cherry on there, just like it makes it really like perfect. But basically, not saying the Dolphins roster is perfect, but you know, what I'm saying is like, it makes it even, you know, more attractive than what it was. So, but yeah, I'm with, I, I, w- I wouldn't give him like a three-year deal, especially considering running backs and, you know, how I feel about running backs is you draft them, you replace them, and then you keep it moving. Like, I don't necessarily, you know, give big time money to, you know, older running backs. However, in the Dolphins case with this, you know, you want to, ma- like you said, maximize that window. So, like I would maybe give a two year deal, but most of that money guaranteed yeah, might be maybe year. Other this year. Yeah. And then if you know, if you want to, you can get rid of them this year because after next year, because I mean they drafted a running back. I I think obviously you can do it once again too as well. But yeah, I definitely um I would not give him like a long term deal. But yeah, you definitely want to try to maximize this window, especially considering what the Jets have done. And I don't feel good about what the Bills – I mean, I think the Bills are kind of what the, what they've been. I think they're the same. I don't think they yeah. necessarily have gotten better. Like, do I thought – I do like uh, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. I thought that was a really good pit for him. But other than that, I'm just yeah, – you know. A, there seems to be – I think there's a window. There's a window. There's an opening right now. Like, the yes. post-Brady, the Patriots obviously took a clear step back. The page, I mean, the the Dolphins were still trying to get things together. Tool was kind of in his early years, and then you had the Jets who were just kind of being the Jets. But more yeah. now than ever, I feel like it's just kind of like a. I almost wonder if the if the Bills have maybe missed their their window, so to speak, and especially now that I think that the 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 margins and like the the space separating um, the teams in terms of talent has has dwindled a lot. Like again, I, yes. I, I honestly think that the Dolphins are more talented than the Bills on paper, and they gave them no doubt. Run, and they gave them a run for their money every single time they played. I mean, if Tua yes. plays in the playoff game, they probably win that game. But yes, but again, um, you know, even with the moves that the Jets, have, I mean, the Jets split the series. I believe they split the series with uh, Buffalo, Buffalo yes. last year. So like the talent gap is no longer there. And now you add, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the mix. You add, you know, Tua if he can stay healthy. We he led the league in passer rating. He was one of the better quarterbacks, most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL um, for uh, for, mo- for a, a good stretch of the period. I feel like the gap is definitely uh, is the winner in the AFC. Yeah, and to your point too, it's like that, like remember years ago we thought the Bills were the second best team in the AFC, the Kansas City. I mean, I, would, would you? I, I, don't, would you, I don't think that's no longer the case. Right yeah, now. that's definitely no longer the case. Like, make an we, argument we, for maybe three. They might not even be the teams. third best team. Honestly, I mean. You know, I don't know. The Bengals have handled them the past couple of times they played. Exactly. Um, you know, obviously you have the Dolphins. 
Uh, you got the Jets now in the mix. The Ravens are coming back. They got Lamar. They kind of restocked their wide receiver group. So it's yeah. I mean, there's it's the Chiefs Invitational. You know, I was, I was just thinking about this Draymond Green, Draymond Green meme where he was like, "It's the, it's the Warriors Invitational." Like, yeah, yeah. You know, right now it's the Chiefs Invitational, and now we're just kind of waiting to see who's going to meet them in the AFC Championship game. I mean, I think yeah, it's just yeah, Jacksonville's there too. That, so, Jacksonville yeah, yeah. again, Jacksonville. I mean, the Chargers that got Herbert. You never know what they might be with a new LC. Um, so the the talent gap is so close. Like if you like if you told me if you told me like any one of five or six teams was in the AFC championship competing with the the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, I'd be like, okay, I can see that. Like I just sign a bounce in that way. Um so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the AFC because I feel like by far the AFC is definitely a way more uh, you know, the way tougher division, got the most quarterback talent compared to the NFC. Um so it's definitely gonna be interesting there. Oh, for sure. Well, one last thing before we get out of here, I got I got to ask, like, kind of rounding it out with, with the Jets. Um, the Jets season is a success if this happens, or what? What, what do the Jets need for uh, the season to be a success? And how could you see it maybe going the other way and maybe falling apart and the honeymoon, you know, not lasting long? Well, I think for me, it would be a success if they make the playoffs. That's basically what it boils down to. If they can make the playoffs and win a playoff game, then I think that would be a successful year for them. I know a lot of people look at the Super Bowl, but it's, it takes it takes luck. It takes, you know, being healthy. It takes a lot. Of, and then you got a guy like Patrick, like a generational quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who yeah. they're going to try to win another Super Bowl. I don't even know if they're going to be able to do that because that's so hard to try to win, you know, especially do what Brady has did throughout his career and when, you know, the amount of seven championships, like that is extremely hard. But if anybody can do it, it's definitely Mahomes. But uh, I think definitely, you know, winning the playoff game, getting to the playoffs, I think would be successful. And then if it comes off the cracks a little bit off the rails, I think it's because of the injury. either Aaron Rodgers has gotten hurt. Uh, the offensive line was not really stabilized there and really didn't have any continuity there. So I think those two or the defense just kind of, doesn't step up and be the unit you know, that we expected them to be last year. And, you know, I, but I don't think that'll necessarily be the case. Cause I think you still got some dogs there with obviously Quentin Williams and sauce. I mean, do what sauce did last year. Yeah. I mean, just coming out there as a rookie, like that was, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, outside of Aaron Rodgers, a very talented roster. Yeah. Um, big expectations in New York. You will be a busy man. This no, no more one o'clock game. No, no more, more one PM. I'm about to say they got, I'm looking Man. at the schedule right now. They got like five 1 p.m. games, but outside of that, it's 425, 820. You got Sunday night, man. Come on. Like Sunday night gonna, in Vegas, too. You're still, like, still going to be tired after the Thanksgiving dinner. Bro. You got to go to MetLife. You, hey, but you can't ask for it. Hey, that's what you asked for. It's what you it's what you want if, you, if you're a reporter, man. So you, I know you're exactly. a lot of fun. Um, and I appreciate you again uh, for joining me uh, this week. Um, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins Event Podcast. Again, thanks to Antoine Staley for joining me. Um, we'll be back next week as we continue our trip around the AFC East. Um, reminder, as always, subscribe to Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well subscribe to the Miami Herald. Um, and again, we'll be back next week. But until then, you guys take care. See you.